This is Connor Lennon from UN News. In the West African country of Senegal, the most common form of human trafficking among children is forced begging. Aline Pedram, a crime prevention and criminal justice officer from the UN Office on Drugs and Crime, is working with authorities in Senegal on procedures to prevent, investigate and prosecute cases of human trafficking. Louise Potterton spoke to the anti-human trafficking expert for UN News. Ms. Pedra began by explaining why children are becoming victims of this crime. They are from uh, families that are very, very vulnerable, living poor conditions, and they are unfortunately sent sometimes even by their own families to to beg in the streets. Sometimes they are under the authority of their own parents begging in the streets. Sometimes they are under the authority of third persons. If they are under the authority of a third a third party, it's even a third person. It's even more complicated because then you even can include uh, other aspects in this exploitation. For example, some are forced to beg, where whereas they might be even also under sexual exploitation, or they might be even forced uh, to work. So you have there a confluation of uh, forms of exploitation. What is known about the third party? So are they a specific group of people or an organization which is trafficking children for the purpose of forced begging? This is, uh, let's say, a very delicate uh, topic to speak of, but we have uh, this uh, the so-called, uh, the Quranic, let's say, the Quranic schools, some persons that they they claim to be Quranic teachers, they exploit uh, these children. So children are taken to the Quranic schools uh, on the basis of, uh, let's say, trust, because their parents, they give the children to the Quranic schools thinking that they will, you know, go to a regular school and that they will, they, they will study. Um, the content, and, and they will also be fed because this is also something that is in their mind, you know, so that my children at least has uh, the meals, the regular meals during the day. And then actually they become exploited. It does not mean that all Quranic schools, they have this practice. This is very important to highlight, but it's better to put, to put maybe that persons, let's say, using this, you know, institutions or this idea or this uh, philosophy of the Quranic schools, they use the children uh, and and force them to beg. What is Senegal currently doing to protect its its citizens from being trafficked, either internally or beyond its borders? Senegal actually has a very uh, interesting and strong system of protection when it concerns child rights, for example, but still, you have several situations of exploitation of children due to vulnerability. That's something that, you know, one of the root causes of trafficking, actually. In addition to the existing protection system, they have also created the CNLTP, which is the Commission, uh, Anti-Trafficking Commission. And actually, they are in this fight since 2011. So this is not recent. It's a, it's a long fight. Um, and also the law anti-trafficking, which is actually pretty pretty old. The law is from 2005. So they are implementing several actions to counter trafficking in persons. Uh, for example, they do patrols. Uh, we prepared standard operating procedures so they can identify, investigate, refer and adjud- adjudicate the cases with a victim-centered approach. There is one specific 
let's say, police unit, which is called Brigade de Mineurs, so it's specific for children, and they also do several patrols. And while they are doing patrols to check if the children are in the streets, for example, and bring them back to their parents, or if they don't have a family in the city, to bring them to an adequate institution. They also see the signs of trafficking in persons for forced begging, and they take the measures. For example, they start the investigation against the, the aggressors. They take the children to the protection system. They refer to the family. They try to find the family if the family is not, uh, not known or not in their whereabouts, for example. So they do several initiatives um, Concerning that, also concerning sexual exploitation, there are patrols uh, which are kind of, it's, it's kind of a regular activity of, of the police. We know that, I mean, everywhere. But the difference is that when you go to the streets with an eye and knowing the indicators of trafficking persons, you see differently. It's a different view. It's a different way of seeing uh, the crime scene or of seeing uh, persons that might be under, under a situation of trafficking. So what is your role? What is the role of UNODC? Actually, we we add, let's say, forces to, to the government of Senegal. It has to be absolutely something that has to to come from, from the state, the member state uh, uh, in itself. They have to be interested. They have to have the will to, to counter trafficking persons. Um, but UNODC particularly brings more technical capacity because we are um, covering many, many states around the, the globe and we see different forms, different, ex we have, we experience different things. So we can always bring more, uh, more capacity. We can always bring uh, best practices. So that's the role of UNODC. And in Senegal particularly, what we are doing is specifically training, preparation of standard operating procedures, uh, assessments, and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of training actually we also do. So at the moment you are working on standard operating procedures for the identification of victims and investigation of cases. Does this mean that these procedures are not in place at the moment or they need to be updated? Yeah. I think they need to be updated and as I mentioned before you have to have the counter-trafficking view. So when you go to the ground if you know the indicators of trafficking persons and if you know adequately, if you know the concepts, if you know the difference, for example, between uh, situations of sexual assault and sexual exploitation, trafficking for the purpose of sexual exploitation, if you know the difference between begging and forced begging. So when you see the elements, if you go to the ground and you know the right elements and the right indicators, then you can absolutely act uh, more effectively. So I think the procedures, they are there and they are being prepared to highlight the differences between, for example, when you do a regular patrol and when you do a patrol with the eyes of a counter-trafficking actor, someone that is trying to understand if there is or if there isn't a trafficking in person situation. Because the, the crime is invisible. At the same time that it is invisible, because it is so much within the society, in our uh, daily activities, in everything that we do, it is, it is hidden. So that's why it is so difficult for the actors that are at the front line to, to identify. And they, they, they have to know the signs. And once you know the signs, you are much better equipped to refer, for example, to the correct institutions. You, you, you cannot 
provide assistance to a victim of, of trafficking, the same way that you provide assistance to any other crime victim. There are, it's a different type of trauma. It, it is a different type of uh, psychological intervention, uh, different type of uh, healthcare, for example. So there are specificities, specificities that you have to, to be aware of when you are uh, providing assistance. And the same applies to investigation. For example, sources of evidence. There are different sources of evidence that you have to take into account. So that's why the procedures are necessary. So this is the main focus of your work, to use the expertise from UNODC to really train and mentor these frontline responders. Yes, so basically prepare, uh, let's say, a, a guide, uh, let's say, a, a a simple guide that they can use at the front line on a daily basis. So it's a very, let's say, simple and user-friendly document that they can consult, for example, even when they are dealing with a case and uh, train on, on, this, on this guide, let's say, on these procedures, the standard operating procedures. That was uh, the work that we conducted most recently with Senegal. 